Awesome. Very good, very good, very, 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 very good. You guys had a good afternoon? Very good. I just found out just then I checked my phone and I found out the Crows won, which is, uh, which is pretty cool. By 56 points, actually. So we didn't just win, we, we spanked them. And uh, they reckon that GWS are title contenders, premiership contenders. We just smashed them. So there you go. Anyway, that just made my day a whole lot better. And um, it was already very, very good, but it just took it to a whole other new levels. Uh, as well as drumming tonight, um, yeah, I used to drum like for many years in school and in church and in youth. And then um, I kind of stopped a few years ago, like four or five years ago. And um, so I heard that there was not a drummer tonight. So I just basically, I didn't ask. I just told Josh, I was like, I'm doing it. <laughs> this is my dream. Don't, don't take my dream away from me. So uh, thank you guys for supporting me in my dream of being a uh, traveling rock star. Um, I actually came to Paul Lincoln to play drums, not to preach. And um, so, look, I'm glad I, get to, I got to do that, got to rock out. Um, I can't really hear anything now, though, because those cymbals were loud in my ears. Um, I forgot how brutal it is being a drummer. Um, anyway, there you go. But you guys feeling good? Very good. Well, who, who wasn't here this morning at church? Very good. All right, so some of you guys, you in Kiss Church? You were um, getting your braid fixed for the presentation. That's good. Um, well, yeah, if you don't know me, which is, well, most of you guys do by now, but my name is Dave. I'm from, from Adelaide, and um, we run youth together at Influencers Church, and it's pretty cool. And so um, I've been uh, a youth, I've been in youth since I was 12, so that means I've been in youth for 14 years now. Um, I've been a leader for the last eight years, and um, I've been a youth pastor for the last uh, bit four and a bit years. And so um, it's, it's been fun. It's been awesome. I love doing youth ministry, and I just love it, right, because, to be honest, I was just a normal church kid. Like, I was a normal kid. My parents were, were interesting people. Um, they were good to me, but we just had, you know, just a normal family. We had our, had our issues. We had good times and the bad times, but I'm just one of those kids who just kept rocking up, and there were some pretty talented people around me, and um, that's awesome. There were some people that were very good at doing different things, and I just felt like I was just the average kid, and I wasn't really sure if God would use me, and, um, but I just kept saying yes to God, and um, now I get to do awesome things like come and talk to you guys, so... It's a, uh, it's a pretty good privilege, a pretty um, exciting thing to be able to talk to you and just uh, share some uh, words uh, with you guys tonight. And I just want to say that um, you guys actually have incredible leaders here. And, um, you know, Pastor Josh and the rest of the team, we um, hung out last night and ate pizza and um, played some games. And it was, it was fun. It got a bit, a bit competitive and um, it, was, it was good. And um, I'm glad that they all still respect me after that because I, I turn into a bit of a different person when I play games. Um, but it was good. It was good fun. And, you know, in life, and I think just in, in, in youth in general, it's a great thing to aspire to be a youth leader um, because, you know, sometimes we think, oh, I'm not sure if we have what it takes, but let me tell you, none of us actually have what it takes, but God actually fills in that gap. And, um, you know, these guys are amazing. They give up their spare time. They give up their free time, time when they could be playing um, some VR, Fruit Ninja, but instead they're looking after you guys, planning youth, you know, they could just be chilling out, playing FIFA, watching footy, I don't know, whatever else people do with their lives, that's what I do, um, and I play VR for a ninja from now on, and um, <laughs> I played the Headmaster game, you guys played that? It was just like, anyway, I, just, yeah, I was laughing at myself playing it, because I can imagine I was looking like a bit of a, uh, bit of a doofus, um, but yeah, so it's good, so it's good, so these guys are amazing. And, um, you know, you should, you should aspire to be a leader in church because, you know, when, when you do that, when you say yes to God and you start doing things in the church, you know, God just opens up a world of blessing and a world of favor and starts to, um, it's very delicious, and um, starts, to, starts to just grow you in, in ways that you don't expect. And uh, before you know it, you'll be doing something crazy like this. And so tonight, I just want to share a, a word with you, and it's something that I shared um, at my own youth ministry a, a few weeks ago. 
And there's just something I felt God put on, put on my heart for um, the young people of Adelaide and for the young people of South Australia. And so I just want to share it with you tonight. And, um, you know, I think it's awesome that we've all got Bibles here tonight. And so if you do, could you start by turning with me to Numbers chapter 13? Numbers chapter 13. So if you don't know where Numbers is, it's in the Bible. And it is before Deuteronomy and it is after Leviticus, I think. Is that right? Yes. There you go. I do know the Bible still, even though I use the app. All right. So tell, say, if you got it, say, got it. If you got it, say, nice, Gary. If you don't have it, say, waiting. Everyone's got it? 13? Numbers 13. Numbers number 13. No, chapter numbers, numbers thir- number 13. 13, chapter number 13. And we're going to start, <laughs> we're going to start, we're not going to read 5 to 15, because otherwise that's interesting. But we're going to start in verse 1. So this is what it says in Numbers chapter 13, verse 1. It said, The Lord now said to Moses, Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the promised land, the land I am giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the twelve ancestral tribes. And so Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He sent out twelve men, um, 12 men all tribal leaders of Israel, um, from their camp in the wilderness of Paran. And then it goes in and talks about the tribes and their leaders. But if you were in church this morning, you would have heard me talk about a dude called Moses. And uh, Moses is a pretty cool leader in the Bible because he takes a whole bunch of people from slavery and takes them towards the promised land. And, you know, it wasn't just a group of people. It was actually about a million people plus, they reckon. And so Moses, if you think about leading a million people without technology, like how do you talk to, talk to people without a microphone? Well, I don't know how Moses did it, right? Like I think those sort of thoughts, I'm like, what, what did he do? Like, did he have a loud voice or... Anyway... That's not what we're talking about tonight, but it does confuse me. But Moses was a great leader and managed to lead a million people towards the promised land. And so if you were here this morning, you would have heard me talk about, uh, about that and about the Israelites going out of Egypt and towards the promised land. And you would have heard me tell the story about, it was just before the miracle happened where they parted the Red Sea, just like on that lady's uh, uh, nice hairdo on her forehead. And um, it, it was about that time. And so after they went through the Red Sea, then we pick it up in this chapter in Numbers 13. And and Moses and the people are about to go towards the promised land. And so the promised land for these people was a land that they had heard about their whole lives growing up. They'd heard about this promised land that's amazing. It's like when you grow up and you, and you, and you start thinking about your first car, you know? And you start thinking, man, when I'm turned 16, I'm going to get my license. I'm going to get my L's and it's going to be amazing. Back in the day, you could get a V8 straight away. But I'm going to get, you know, then an average car. And then I don't know how long you have to be in your license for. But eventually, I'll get my V8, my dream car. It's kind of like that, right? We, we, we think about it. We talk about it. We kind of fantasize about it growing up. And that's what happened with the children of Israel. They would always talk about this promised land. And so they were going towards the promised land. And Moses said, we're getting pretty close now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send 12 people into the promised land. You guys can go check it out, have a sus, come back and tell us all what it's like. Tell us what we need to know. Tell us, is it actually as good as what we, we thought it would be? Like, is it actually as good as what it's cracked up to be? And, and so that's kind of where we're, going to, where, we're going to, where we're going to go tonight. We're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about what happened when the spies went into that land. Is that cool? Very good. Well, before we go any further, I just want to get to know you guys a bit better. So put your hand up if you go to Navigator. Awesome. Put your hand up if you go to St. Joe's. Yeah. Does anyone go to Port Lincoln High School? Yeah. Awesome. Who goes to a different school than those three? Is there a different school? No? Homeschool? Yep. Champion. Who goes to, uh, who's too cool for school? Good on you. Very good. Well, that's good. Well, who here, right? Who here, like, really likes going to school? Yeah, okay. All right. Who here loves school holidays? 
Yeah, all right. Well, you know, that's me, right? So I, I love school holidays. Like school was all right, but school holidays were where it's at. And so when I was at school, I was always counting down the days until the school holidays. I remember one time, right, it was like the last week of term, and I was getting so excited, right, because it was like Christmas holidays coming up. And so I was getting ready for summer holidays. I was thinking about all the things I was going to do. I was thinking about going to the pool, hanging out at my mate Aiden's house, who was more my friend in the summer than the winter because he had a really cool pool. And um, so we didn't really chat much. You know, we chatted the base amount in winter, so we still kind of stay connected. But in summer, then you're going to, hey, buddy, how you going? You know, you know so I was, I was getting ready to go to over his house. I was getting ready to have some fun in the summer. And I remember then, I reckon it was like the last day of school or the second last day of school. And I, I was talking to my friends about the holidays and what we're going to do and um, what they're doing for Christmas. And like, Dave, what are you talking about? This is only term three. And I remember I was like, oh, no, I've got a whole other term of school left. I was devastated. But, you know, I love school holidays. And so tonight, I want to take you back to the old school of 2006. Was everyone alive in 2006? That's good. Well, I want to take you back to the old school of 2006 when 14-year-old Dave was on summer holidays. And so I want to, to- I want to tell you about what a normal day of school holidays would look like for 14-year-old uh, didn't have a beard then, had a bit of a teenage moustache coming through and uh, a few pimples to, to go with as well and uh, had some crazy hair and wore some surfer beads. It was amazing. And um, 14-year-old Dave, would, his, his day would go like this, right, in the school holidays. 14-year-old Dave would wake up in the morning really early, you know, probably about 10.30 because it was school holidays, right? And so I would have slept in, get up at 10.30, mum's out, she's gone to work and, um, you know, 14, 15, you're kind of like old enough to hang out with your friends but you don't have your license yet, so you're not really old enough, and it's kind of like just, you want to do something, so you get bored at home, and so what I would do is I would get out of bed, and I would go to the study, and um, I would unplug the phone and plug it into the computer, and um, I think, I think dial-up was actually not around then, but let's, let's pretend it was. So I waited for ages, and I'd wait for 10 minutes for the internet to start, and, uh, or maybe longer sometimes, and then I would start just to try and see who, like, which of my friends were online, and so I wouldn't go onto Facebook Messenger, no, that wasn't invented yet. I would go on to MSN Messenger. Does anyone remember MSN Messenger? And um, my, what was my hotmail name? That's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. My hotmail name was Talk2Dave with a number two. Talk2Dave at hotmail.com. Actually, it was Talk2Dave underscore 01 because someone beat me to the actual, the original name. But Talk2Dave. So I, I would log on to my MSN chat and I would see if my friends were online and I would start to find out who was free that day. If, if, my, if no one was on MSN, then I would log into my MySpace account and um, I put up a, I put up a little a post saying, you know, who's free today? And then I would spend the next three hours rearranging my top eight, you know, like Aiden in the summer, number one, you know. But after that, he was out of that top eight. You know, I, if you were nice to me that week, you make it further up my top eight. If I had a girlfriend that week, you better believe that every other girl got kicked out of the top eight, you know, because I'm loyal and I was, I was good. And um, if I didn't have a girlfriend, though, you know, I would, you know, maybe the girl I liked, she makes it maybe to number five. You know, I don't want to be too obvious, you know. And... Um, but I would do that, then I would change my favorite song on MySpace so people would, would, would appreciate it when they're logged in there. And um, so anyway, eventually I would find out that a couple of friends were free. And um, in the holidays, mum would give me this like multi-trip bus pass. And so I had like 10 trips available on this little card. And so we had to make sure that everyone was free and free at the same time. And so then we would end up bussing it and we would meet together somewhere. So usually we would meet at Tea Tree Plaza or we'd meet in Rundle Mall. And... Um, you know, when we met in Rundle Mall, it was a good day. You know, we were just out in the town, just me and the lads, you know, just having a good time, just, you know, in town together. It's delicious. And, uh, you know, 14-year-olds, you know, just walking up and down the mall like we owned the place, you know, like, yeah, what's up? Unless, like, they were older than we wouldn't stare at them. But, you know, if they were, like, 12, like, yeah, ah, sucked in. But, 
So we go around the town, right, and we just do, you know, the things that 14-year-olds do. We'd go into the music shops and play on the drums until they kicked us out. Then we'd go into JB Hi-Fi and check out the latest So Fresh album. And um, that was amazing. We'd listen to some uh, Blink-182 and some, uh, what else was around there? Linkin Park, P.O.D., you know, it was, it was amazing. And um, so we'd do all those sort of things, right, just hang out in the city. And then after about an hour of just walking around and pretending that we're tough, we would start to get pretty bored. Because we're in the city, you know, it's run the mall, there's a few things to see, but not much. You know, there's a couple of guys busking, and that's cool. But then we realized that together as a group of friends, we're actually pov. Like, we don't have jobs yet, we are poor, like, we have no money, and we're in the city. And so, we're like, we don't want to go home yet, because that's even more boring. You know, like, my little brothers are there, I don't really want to hang out with them. So, what we would do is we'd get all our money together, and we'd be like, all right, what can we get? What can we buy? And we'd work out that together, we had about enough money to go to Bilo. Hey, that's another old school... We had enough money to go to Bilo and can buy together a shared two-liter bottle of LA Ice. Does everyone love LA Ice? And so we would go into Bilo and buy a warm bottle of LA Ice, and then we'd share it. You weren't allowed to let your lips touch that thing, otherwise, you know, you're kicked out of the group. And you're definitely out of my top eight friends if your lip touches the bottle. Um, but that's what we would do, right? So we'd go in and, and get a warm bottle of LA Ice, and then we'd just sip on that, and uh, that was our school holidays. But, you know, there were some days, right, that were, that were very special. And um, some days that uh, things would happen, a magical, special thing would happen that doesn't happen all the time, but when it did happen, we just knew that God was shining on us and the day was very good. And that would be something magical sometimes would happen when we walked into the shops, into Bilo or Coles or Woolies or whatever. And we walk into the shops and me and my friends would be going towards the soft drink aisle and uh, we were pov and we were hungry and we had no money. And every now and then you would turn the corner in the shops and there would be this amazing mystical, magical being just standing there. And uh, when I say a magical, mystical being, I mean there was a woman standing there. And uh, when I say a woman, I mean there was an old woman standing there with a hairnet, an apron, and she was handing out free samples. Anyone love the day? You know when you go into the shops and they're giving out free samples? Oh man, I love free samples. And I loved it even more right when I was 14 because I didn't have any money. And when someone's giving out meatballs on toothpicks, you know, it's enough to get a 14-year-old pretty excited. And so what we'd do, right, we'd see, we'd see the, the, the magical lady standing there with her little toothpicks and little food. You know, sometimes it was meatball on a toothpick. That was good. Sometimes it was, uh, you know, the latest chicken stir-fry sauce on a bit of chicken on a toothpick. That was good. Sometimes it was the latest salt reduced, can't believe it's not butter margarine on bread on a toothpick. That was good. Sometimes it was, <laughs> sometimes it was the new latest mouthwash. That was all right. You know, it's free, so we didn't really care. And um, what we would do is we would go and we would start to be a little bit strategic because this is our chance of getting something for free. And so what we would do is we would walk past once and we'd say, oh, hey, how you going? Take a little bit of a toothpick and get a little bit of food. And then we'd do a lap and we'd come back and we're like, oh, yeah, we're just coming back here again. Oh, okay, I'll have another meatball since I'm here. Get another one and then, you know, come back in. Oh, yeah, I forgot something in this section. Oh, yeah, I guess I'll take another one. And by the third time, usually the lady would get a little bit annoyed, right, because she realizes that we're not interested in buying the product. We just want some free food. And so then we'd have to get a little bit strategic, right? Like if we're wearing hats, we would swap them all over and wear them backwards or we'd put our jumper on or take our jumper off or put our hoods up. We're trying to change our appearance. And we thought we were smart, right? But obviously, like, we're idiots. Like, <laughs> but we'd go back and forth a fifth or sixth time until the lady would actually, like, tell us, hey, boys, you can't have any more. But who here loves free samples? Now, I love free samples because they're free, right? Pretty simple. But the reason why I love free samples is this, is because you don't need to pay anything. You don't need to commit to anything. You don't need to sign up to anything. You don't actually need to, uh, to, to put your name down or, or, or do anything. All you get to do is eat it for free. And the best thing is you get a free toothpick to stab your friend with after. It's, it's amazing. And um, 
I love free samples. Is that all right? I love free samples. And so when I was thinking about this verse that we just read before, it, it kind of reminded me of the times when uh, 14-year-old David would get, you know, get pretty excited about some free samples. Because Moses was taking his people through the, um, through the wilderness and they were going towards the promised land. And he basically said to these spies, I want you to go and have a free sample of the promised land. You get to go there for a while. You don't have to move there. You don't have to live there. You don't have to sign up to anything. Just go, suss it out, check it out, come back and tell us what it was like. And so, and so Moses said, I want you to go and have a free sample of the promised land. And I was thinking about this and, and, and studying this as I was preparing to share it a few weeks ago. And, you know, the truth is in life is that all of us actually have a promised land. You know, for the Israelites back in the day, that represented an actual place. But for us, sometimes people will call it a calling. Sometimes people will call it a destiny. Sometimes people will call it like a mission or whatever. But for each of us, right, we are all created and designed uniquely by God And He's given each and every single one of us a purpose for our lives. He's given every single one of us a promised land. He's given every single one of us something that He wants us to do for Him, something that He wants us to achieve for Him. And He's actually given you guys giftings and the personality and and just the makeup to actually best fit that, that place that He's called you to go or that calling that He's called you to live in. And sometimes in life when we're at youth or at church or if we're at a camp or a conference or different places like that, sometimes just in prayer, what God actually loves to do is He loves to give us a free sample of our promised land. You know, in church, we'll call those things prophetic words. We'll call them visions or dreams. We'll just, you know, sometimes when you're just in, in, in worship and someone's praying for you and you just start to, like, imagine what it would be like if you started telling friends at school about Jesus, you know? Like, I remember when I was used to pray at, at, at youth and one time someone prayed for me and I saw myself standing up on this balcony at, at school and just, like, sharing everyone, with everyone about Jesus. And, and God gives us visions. I remember sometimes, like, when I was young, people would pray for me, and I would, I would, I would, uh, people would say things like, you're going to preach to people, or you're going to lead people, and I didn't really under, understand it then, but what was actually happening is God was giving me a free sample of my future. He was actually giving me a free sample of my promised land. And you know, that's one of the greatest things about youth, hey, is that we can come here when we're still young, when we don't really know much, and we're just, you know, working out what life's all about, and we can come into meetings where people pray for us, where we worship God, where we get around the Word of God, and God can actually give us a glimpse or give us a free sample of what our promised land is actually like. And, you know, tonight after, we're, I'm going to pray, and a few of the leaders are going to pray, and I believe tonight that God's actually going to start to give us some more free samples. You know, for some of us, we might not really know much about our future, but the amazing thing about God is sometimes He'll give us just a glimpse, sometimes He'll give us a lot of detail. But, you know, one of the main visions I had when I was growing up, I was at a camp, I think, once, and I just saw myself standing on a stage holding a mirror, and the mirror was, like, pointing to God. So it's like people could see me holding a mirror, and when they saw it, they saw God. And, and like, even though that's a basic, just a little picture, like a, ch- a child could think of that, that's actually one of the main things that I've held on to my whole life. Because when I stand like here tonight, I, I just want to be someone who just points people to God. You know, if God at youth or at camp or at just a night like tonight can actually give you a free sample of your future, a free sample of your promised land, where He can actually give you a glimpse of what life could be like if you choose to say yes to God and choose to do, li- to choose to do life with God. And so tonight, I believe that's going to happen. We're going to pray for a few people in a couple of minutes. But, you know, as, before we move on, there's a couple of things, right, that we need to understand about the promised land. So in this, in this chapter, in, in Numbers chapter 13, Moses sends out spies to the promised land. And the truth is, for those spies and for the people, the promised land was actually a new place for them. But for the nation of Israel, the promised land actually wasn't new. It was actually the place where they originally lived before they went into slavery. You know, the promised land was actually the place where Abraham lived 
and where God promised him this will be your land, before they were taken into slavery, that's where he actually was. And so when God was saying, go to the promised land, he wasn't saying, go to a new place. He was actually saying, would you come back to the place that I already have for you? You know, as Influencers Youth this year, we've called our year the year of the comeback. Because we believe that this is the year where people come back to God's original plan for them. You know, when, when you get a picture of that promised land for you, that promised land isn't like what will happen if you change or if you like work hard enough or if you like pretend that you're someone else. But the promised land for you is simply coming back to God's original plan for your life before it was corrupted by sin, before it was changed or compromised by abuse or, or, or hurt or insecurity or intimidation. You know, the promised land for us is simply God's purest plan for our life. And so for some of us, we think of like the things that God's called us to do and we think, no, nah, that's too much. I can't do that. I'm not that sort of person. But God would say, hey, that's actually who I always created you to be. Why don't you just come back to the original calling that I have for you? Everyone say, come back. Everyone say out loud and say, come back. That's good. And so what happened is the spies went out into the, into the promised land and they had their little free sample. They got their little toothpick and uh, they came back to Moses to report about what they had seen in the promised land. And so can you guys open back up to Numbers? And uh, now we're going we're gonna to skip over a few verses and we're going to go fast forward all the way to verse 25. So Numbers 13, verse 25. If you got it, say, nice, Gary. Guys, wow, you guys are quick, wow. It's impressive. <laughs> Very good. So this is what it says in Numbers 13, verse 25. It says, After exploring the land or having their free sample for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit of what they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land they sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. And so we'll stop right there. And tonight, I want to explain these verses, right? But rather than explaining it by, you know, breaking down the Hebrew original words and theologically describing to you what happened in these verses, I would rather show you using donuts. Is that cool? Awesome. So if my volunteers could come, we can bring this table over. So thanks, Noah. I need Noah at the moment. And, um, and that's it. And the other lads will, will save you guys for later. So Noah, would you, would you just stand here? Very good. And I know I'm, I need just a, a volunteer tonight. And so I'm going to choose uh, Pete because I met you this morning. So Pete, why don't you come to the front? So I want to show you what happened in this chapter, all right? So Pete, come and stand over here. So Pete, tonight I am, a, I am that lovely lady that is uh, wearing a hairnet and giving out free samples. And so as you can see, it's toothpicks, so it's free. So here I have a, a donut, right? Nice uh, cinnamon donut. Would you, would you like a free sample tonight? Yeah, would you try some? All right, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try some too. Mm. It's good, isn't it? You want to have another one? No? It's, um... No, I'm trying. It is quite delicious. It's, uh, it's like doughy, right? But it's not too doughy. It's got um, some nice uh, cinnamon undertones. It's, um... Look. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's very fresh. Well, I would, look, I don't think I would be over-exaggerating at all if I said this is the greatest donut I've ever tasted in my entire life. Would you agree with that, Pete? Well... I'm glad you agree with me, Pete. Thanks for playing. Thanks for playing along. Um, 
Well, tonight, right, what if I told you, right, that was a nice sample, but what if I told you that you could have a lifetime, endless supply of donuts? Does that sound pretty good? Very good, very good. Well, just stand over here for a sec because uh, Noah's looking pretty angry right there. Um, But you could have an endless, unlimited supply of donuts for your entire life. That right there, that's just a one-hour supply. So every hour, that's going to get delivered to your doorstep or wherever you are at school or playing soccer, whatever you're doing. You're going to get that every single hour for the rest of your life. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Is that something that you want? Yep. So that's, you know, uh, you know, you'd be pretty, you'd be an idiot if you didn't want that, right? But everyone wants that. But here's the catch, right? To get that unlimited supply of free donuts, all you have to do is knock out Noah. And he's going to try and fight you back. He's going to try and knock you out, but you have to try and knock him out. Do you, do you think that you can do that? <laughs> Thanks for playing along. So you don't think you can do that? So Okay, well, that's a little bit disappointing. I was kind of hoping to see some action, but, uh, well, thanks, Pete. You can grab a seat. Let's give it up for Pete. Let's give it up for Noah. You can grab a seat. Thank you very much. Well, basically, right, when I think about the Bible, I like to imagine it in donut form, and I don't understand it. It kind of helps. It makes sense to me. And um, so, this is kind of what happened, right? They went to the promised land. They, they, they went there and they went to check it out. They got their little free sample and they came back and they said, it is indeed a bountiful country. What do they mean by that? They were just basically saying, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it is all that's cracked up to be. You know, all the rumors, all the times we've talked about the promised land, all the times we've imagined it in our head, it actually is that good. You know, like when you go for that first drive in a V8 and put your foot down, let me tell you, it is actually that good. Like, don't do it. They don't speed. That's bad. Um, but they come back and they're like, you know what? It actually is that good. It's amazing. The land's flowing with milk and honey. It's got plenty of resource. It's just amazing. It's, it's like, it's, it's the place to be. And they're saying, it's so good. I can't believe how good it is. But there's giants there. And so they saw it and they, and they agreed it was very good. But they said that there's donuts. There's not donuts there. there is, <laughs> they said, there's giants there. And, and so they came back and they said, you know what, Moses? You're right. It's amazing. But there's giants there, and those giants are just too big. We were there, we looked at them in the eye, we sized them up, we sized ourselves up, and we went, no, nah, Noah's too big. We can't, we can't beat up those guys. They're just too big. They're too big to conquer. They're too big to challenge. And so 10 of the spies came back and actually gave a negative report. You know what I've learned, right, just doing youth ministry for a long time and, and just leading people for a long time, is that no one has an issue with the promised land. Like, no one has an issue with the free sample. It's delicious, all right? No, everyone loves the free sample. Everyone loves the prophetic words. Everyone loves getting a vision. Everyone loves seeing what their life could be like. People don't have an issue with the promise, but they have an issue with the price. Because you know, when you, when you go into a shop, right, when we were 14-year-old povos walking into Bilo in the Rundle Mall, right, and we had a free meatball, the lady would say, oh, why didn't you buy the pack of meatballs? But it's like, no, we, we, want, we had no issue with the free sample, but as soon as there's a price attached, we don't want it because it's too much, right? It's too much for us to pay. And I find that in life, right, we, we come and we get that free sample of the things that God has for us. We get that free, you know, the vision or the prophetic word or we get that encouragement. But when it comes to actually paying the price to see that thing come to pass, that price is just a bit too much. And so instead of going for it, instead of having that endless supply of unlimited donuts, instead of getting that prophetic word and, and seeing it come to pass, instead of having that vision and actually living out that vision, we sometimes go back because it's too scary. The giants are too big and we actually don't think we have what it takes. And you know, that's what happens with a lot of us is we go, you know what, the land is amazing, but the giants are too big. You know, it, it, it's incredible what, what, you know, what, what is in that land, what's in my future. It's, it seems amazing, but 
just that insecurity I have is too much. That habit that I just can't get over, it, it, it's, it's, it's too big to break. That, 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 that real bad relationship I have, it's dodgy, I know, but I just don't want to get rid of it, you know. We have these things, or that hurt that happened to me when I was younger, yeah, it hurt, but I don't really want to deal with it because, you know, that, that's going to be hard. Or that, that person that offended me, I don't really want to forgive them because, you know, that's hard, that's too big of a giant to face. That, you know, life's real comfortable now, and that just seems like it would be a little bit awkward, a little bit, you know, embarrassing. I'd have to put myself out there. I'd have to fight someone. That's, I don't want to do that. I just want to be comfortable. And so instead of, instead of possessing that amazing thing God has for us, we actually turn back and we go back. And this is what the Bible says, is that the ten spies came back and they said to Moses, the land's awesome, but the giants are too big. But then it says that they went to the entire nation, right? So like to a million people, and they started spreading rumors saying, you know what? We should go back to slavery. We should go back to slavery. Can you imagine how crazy that is? We should go back to the place where we were abused. We should go back to the place where we were enslaved. We should go back to the place where they would whip us and make us work hard for no pay. We should go back to the place where we were just second-class citizens. We should go back to the place where we were just hurt every single day. We should go back to the place where we were just offended every single day. And they were saying to everyone, 10 of the 12 were saying, we should go back to that horrible place of slavery. And, and we look at the Bible and we say, that's crazy. How could they say that? But you know, as we go through life, I've seen many people do that. They go, you know what, we're, we're, I'm so close to the promised land. I can see it. I can, I can literally, I can taste it. It's right there for me, but that giant is just too big. I'm going to go back to that dodgy relationship. I'm going to go back to being insecure. I'm going to go back to being fearful. I'm going to go back to being timid. And, and, and we end up just deciding to stay in this place that we don't really want to be because we can't imagine ever fighting that giant. We can't imagine ever taking down Noah because he's so angry and tough, right? We can't imagine doing that because it just seems too hard. But then there's two spies. So remember, ten, 10 spies had the negative report, but two spies said something different. So if you turn back to Numbers, we're in chapter 14 now, and um, we'll start in verse 7. Once again, if you got it, say, nice, Gary. So 14, verse 7, and it says, They said to all the people of Israel, The land we traveled through and explored is indeed a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection. But the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. And so tonight, I could explain that verse to you and I could break down the original Hebrew, but rather, I would rather show you those verses in the form of donuts. Is that cool? Awesome. Well, I just need Noah just back up. You can come up, Noah. And um, I just need a volunteer for this one. And I think I'm going to choose Pete because I met you this morning. So Pete, why don't you come to the front and um, you can stand over here. And now Pete, just have a stand over here. Pete, I, I would love to give you a, a free sample of donuts. As you can see, there's toothpicks in them. They're free. Um, so just, just take one and uh, why don't you try it. You know what? I'm going to try one myself as well. Hmm. Good, isn't it? It's delicious. It's like, um, it's doughy, but not too doughy. It's got some, um, some nice cinnamon undertones. Some, I don't think it would be an over-exaggeration to say this is the greatest donut I've ever had in my life. Would you agree, Pete? Good. Very good. Well, hmm, delicious. I've actually got to swallow it now. <clears throat> well, Pete, 
What if I told you, right, that you can have an endless, unlimited supply of donuts? Pretty amazing, wouldn't it? See that over there? That's just a one-hour supply of donuts. You would get that every single hour. You know, no matter where you are, it would be delivered to your door, whether you're at school or playing soccer or whatever you're doing, they would give you that supply of donuts every single hour. You, that's pretty cool, right? You'd want that? Yeah, you'd, like, you'd be an idiot not to want that. And um, all you've got to do, right, to possess that is you've got to knock out Noah. And he's going to try and knock you out, but you've got to try and knock him out. So do you think that actually, hold on a sec, right, before, before we answer that question, you know, right, you're actually a Christian, which means you have some people on your side. Which actually means you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Where are you guys? There's my Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So you have these guys on your side. And um, they're actually black belts, all right? They're, uh, <laughs> they've actually got supernatural strength. And so these guys are here just to love you. They're here to give you a good hug when you need it. They're here to give you advice when you need it. They're here to give you a high five when you need it. Absolutely, there you go. They're here just to help you out. But you know what? In hard times, right, when things are trying to come against you, they're actually here to fight for you as well. They're here to give you strength when you need it. They're here just to, you know, just to lay on some pain when you need it, right? And so now, right, if you want that endless supply of donuts, all you've got to do is knock out Noah, right? But you've got these guys to help you. So do you think that you can do it? Yeah. You do. Who wants to see these guys fight Noah? No, that's, uh, that's called abuse. I would lose my job and so would Josh. You guys can grab your seats. Let's give it up for Pete. Let's give it up for Noah. And so, if the keys would come up as well now, that would be amazing, just to make it a little bit more spiritual. Uh, <laughs> but tonight, I hope you guys followed the story, right? And um, I know it's a little bit dumb. I know we're using donuts. But for me, this is how simple sometimes life is. Because we get the free sample of what God wants to give us, and we go, you know what? this is amazing. I want it. We go, yep, God, that vision that you gave me, that's amazing. That word that you gave me, that's amazing. That encouragement that you spoke over my life, I want that. I want to live in that. I want to possess that. I want to be in that promised land where everything is amazing. I just want that for my life. But then we come up against a giant. For some of us, that giant is fear. For some of us, that giant is intimidation. For some of us, that giant is bad relationships. For some of us, that giant is just being fearful or whatever. And we come up against that giant and we know if we want to become the person that God has called us to be, we can't do it with that fear in the way. We can't, for me, it's, it was a whole bunch of things. It was insecurity. It was addiction at times. It was just thinking negative thoughts about myself. It was being bitter at people. There was all these big giants. Like there was not one for me. There was many giants. And I would see the visions of my life and I would see the things that, and I knew that God wanted to use me, but I saw those giants and I looked at myself and I said, I can't take those guys on. They're too big. Those giants are too massive. They're, they're, they're too intimidating. They're, they're just, they look like they're going to kill me, right? And so I, maybe I should just stay over here. Maybe I should just go back to being an insecure Christian of, of like someone who kind of believes in God but doesn't really tell anyone. Someone who rocks up to church on a Sunday but then, you know, if someone asks me about it during the week, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, my parents forced me to go. And, and I wouldn't really admit to anyone I loved it because I was too afraid of what they would do if I actually stood up for God. But then as I, I began to grow in my faith and go on my Christian walk, I understood that it wasn't me fighting these guys. It wasn't me just by myself taking on these giants. I actually had the person who has conquered everything, the person who has conquered death. I had that person on my side. And so when I actually fight those giants with those people, I win every single time. And tonight, like I said, we've called our, our, our year at Youth the Year of the Comeback. Because when we go through situations, we, when we face a giant, there's two options. The first option is for us to go back. Go back to slavery, 
go back to the old way of life, go back to just living how other people live, or we can choose to come back to God's original plan for our life. But the only difference, if when we make that decision, the only difference, just like in that story, the only difference with Pete is in one situation, Pete was standing alone, and in the other situation, Pete understood who was standing with him. You know, when we understand who we have with us, it's actually so much easier to make a stand in our school. When we understand who we have with us, it's so much easier to make a stand for God. When we understand who's with us, it's so much easier just to stand up and say, you know what, Pastor Josh, I want to help out more at youth. When we understand who stands with us, we go, you know what, I'm actually ready to take on this, this lust issue that I've got to get over. Or I'm, I'm ready to take on this anger issue that I've got to get over. Or I'm ready to forgive that parent that did that bad thing to me. I'm, I'm ready to move on that because we understand who we have with us. And tonight, I want to encourage you, when you understand who you have with us, God wants to do incredible things in this youth ministry. When we understand who we have us, you know, I believe this youth group could, could exponentially grow. In fact, I believe that there's some people, even in this room, that God is going to place a passion in your heart to start lunchtime groups at your school, where you're going to be like, you know what, once a week, we're going to meet up in a classroom, and just other Christians, we're just going to sit around, just going to hang out, going to pray together, just pray for our school, pray for the teachers, pray that kids would just come to know God. And I believe that as we do that, we're going to see more and more people come to the youth ministry. I believe that when we understand who's on our side, many of us are going to start to take up the call to serve at youth and to serve at church and just to make a difference in this community for Jesus. But it, it, it means that we have to understand who's on our side. And so tonight, we're going to pray for a few different groups of people, but tonight we're going to pray for two things in particular. We're going to pray that God would give us a free sample of our future. We're going to pray that God would give some of us prophetic words, that He would give some of us visions, that He would start to show us the things He has in store for us. And the second thing we're going to pray tonight is we're going to pray that God would give you the confidence the boldness and the awareness to understand who you have fighting with you. And tonight, if, if you're facing something, going through something, you have a giant in your life that you want to take down, tonight we're just going to pray over that thing that God would come and do what only God can do. Is that cool? But before that, I just want to pray for one group of people. So if everyone could bow your heads and close your eyes, that would be awesome. Tonight, if you're here and um, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, either you've never invited Him into your life or maybe you've just... Um, kind of separated yourself from him and you know tonight that you need to come back into relationship with Jesus. If that's you, then on the count of three, I'd ask you to raise your hand and we're just going to pray for you. And um, then after the, after the service, uh, myself or Pastor Josh is just going to come up and talk to you and just, um, just to give you some advice and to give you some next steps to help you on your journey with God. But if that's you, we want to pray for you tonight, then we're going to move on. But if that's you tonight and you want to give your life to Jesus, then on the count of three, I just would like you to uh, raise your hand. On the count of three. One, two, three. Awesome. Awesome. God, we just pray for the person who just lifts up their hand. God, we just thank you, Lord God, that when we confess with our mouth, Lord God, when we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, God, the Bible says that we'll be saved. And we just thank you, Lord God, for that decision, Lord God, to follow you. And God, I just pray that you would just uh, strengthen him. Lord God, give him courage. God, give him the things that he needs, the people that he needs, Lord God, to live for you. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.